divisive issues contains language unsuitable for children and adults and people who don't want spoilers. Look, just just don't listen to this. Just just don't. Welcome to Divisive Issues, a comic book podcast where we talk about comic books. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. Wait, no, it's a super spooky Halloween month. I'm dying. I'm... (laughs) I'm I'm like a snake. Oh. (laughs) Uh, uh, Phil's... Phil in a Phil, grave. Phil, yeah, Philkenstein. <laughs> and I'm Daryl because I'm spooky as is. <laughs> but um, so from of October we're going to do a spooky, spectacular, doing horror comics from different eras, starting with '70s Dracula comics. Do we have a? Do we have a name? Is it like October or like Tremble? Whatever you oh, want. You're, you're not funny. <laughs> I have to... That's a good name. Mine's not funny. Um, <laughs> that's not scary. That's just like... Uh, mine's pretty oh, scary. It's, yeah. 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 Just face. Sly's coming over. That's scary. That's scary. Okay. All right. So I just... Uh, <laughs> I have to say, as a, con- a yeah. confession, I am probably going to be a buzzkill a lot of this month because I'm not really into a lot of horror stuff. I don't like... I don't get as into Halloween as most people do. This is a warning. Phil's a complete dork, and he's not fun at all, so he's not going <laughs> to like this month at all. But that, that's fine. It's good to have contrasting opinions sometimes. Uh, I'm on I'm on Phil's side. I'm not, like, anti-Halloween. I like the day Halloween, but the whole, like, the, all the motifs are just kind of so cliched at this point. I like scary things, but I don't find, like, a lot of the stereotypical scary stuff scary. If you're talking about, like, ha- Halloween, like, it being a month of uh, celebrating horror i think uh, fuck you if you think i'm talking about like the cliche monster mash shit that goes on then i agree okay, okay. but we're talking about the cliche monster mash shit because that's what we're reading monster mash i like halloween town you know what's scary scary stuff is like existential dread like, yes <laughs> yeah when you're playing soma or something and i i'm like the scared of my existence the, fly. Or, or the thing yeah these are scary things but most horror stuff is not scary Wait, the thing like like from Fantastic Four? We're, we're talking about this instead of doing extra comics. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's talk about Dracula. Right, so, I just want to give the backstory on why, how these books came about. This is, the premise is Dracula versus Marvel. And, um, this happened, happened because horror comics were actually banned from uh, comics for uh, at least at least two decades. Basically, they were considered too scary, unlike Phil. He said, uh, this is not scary enough. Well, the comments quote far said, "No, this is too scary." Yes, Phil. Phil yes. testified in front of Congress <laughs> that was like, "No, these aren't scary enough. These are pussies." Yeah. He was. Yeah, he was. He was a counter argument. But um, so, uh, but when they got the rights, Marvel started testing out what, how uh, books with these horror icons would, would sell, and most of them didn't sell that well. Like they had a Frankenstein book, a werewolf book, they didn't last so long. But the one that really had left an impression on Marvel was Tomb of Dracula which was a series written by Marv Wolfman, who later go on to 
uh, create the popular version of Teen Titans you know today with Cyborg and Starfire. If if you want to hear more about that whole comics code and everything, shameless plug, listen to the Comrade Radio episode I did with Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so all those books didn't last long except this one with Mark Fulman and Gene, Col- uh, Gene Colan. And uh, it became so popular that uh, Dracula started becoming a regular villain in the Marvel Universe on scale like Doctor Doom and so like that. And just recently they've had events where they big heroes fought Dracula and he's become like a staple Marvel villain. Jubilee from the X-Men is a vampire now. <laughs> Fucking comics. <laughs> Fucking comics. But having a vampire is obviously stupid. Fuck. Fun. No, having an X-Men mutant become a vampire and then not be a vampire anymore is stupid. Ironically, you're going to say that the X-Men was the best ones out of the shitty. I am. I am. Yeah, so uh, fuck you. <laughs> Spoiling yeah. Sly over here. I fuck, fuck, fuck Phil. So I was, <laughs> I was spoiling his life for him. Try you will die alone and afraid. That's what happens. To you. <laughs> hey, guess what? You spoiled all of humanity's ending, Sly. That's scary. No, it's, it's a twist. Sly spoiled his own life. I'm gonna spoil your life specifically. You're gonna wake up one night with me over your bed with a knife through your throat. Okay. Oh, you see, I'm not. How is that scary, motherfucker? I'll show you a scary. Murdering Sly returns. Psychopath Sly. Guys, we really. This is this is record time. All right. For of someone threatening a murder. Let me. Take this time to give some backstory on Dracula. Not the comic character, but the literary villain. Have, have you read uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula film? Yes. Yeah, is actually... It, is it actually good? It actually is good. Um, but it's is this not... the first lore with Phil? Uh, maybe, because we're talking about books, finally. Yes! Instead of fucking comics. <laughs> but, uh, um, we're talking about real so, art. <laughs> so even though Dracula's the one that really popularized uh, the whole vampire thing, um, there was actually a few novels and short stories that came out before him uh, called, like, there was Carmilla and the, there's one called The Vampire. And basically, these came out in, like, the early 1800s, and it's like 60 years later, we get Bram Stoker's Dracula. And what I think is interesting about it is it's kind of like a, a lot of people argue it's um, a representation of, like, the fears of the time, whereas today, people were scared of, you know, things like infections, so we have, you know, zombie viruses, um, or climate change end movies, whereas Dracula is supposed to represent like this Eastern European foreigner coming and literally taking your women and draining your blood. Also, uh, also vampires were also like an early version of uh, zombies too, because blood was considered such a life part of your life yep. force. So like like now we we view as opposed to flesh. now where we know that blood doesn't matter at all in the body. No, but fuck you. Like eating flesh is like the more modern equivalent of what's the biggest fear of, of being eaten alive rather than just having your blood sucked out compared, you know, comparatively. Yeah. I think the biggest fear for modern society is sly with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> That's just for me. I I'm kind of scared of that too. It's interesting because we're going to see in these comics there's a, there's a very and not just in these comics but in general there's a lot of sexual overtones with vampires. Um, and that that's not like a new thing. Like Carmilla was like a lesbian vampire who had like a harem of lesbian vampires. As well, and I then, want to ask you about that because weren't early vampires? I know there there were some sexualized vampires, but from what I, I I heard, a lot of early vampires were more like kind of like uh, more feral, more like they they would one of the ways to counter a vampire was to put like rocks in front of your house, and then the vampires will have to count them out, and then the sun will come up and they'll die from that. Like is that a were, feral thing? <laughs> They're more like trolls type, type thing. They're more like exactly. animalistic more than yeah. the uh, suave. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I know what you mean. So that, that, that idea of the vampire, though, is like, it's, it's like an old, it's like old, there's a lot of old myths about vampires, but the first time they're like collected and they personified in stuff like Dracula and Carmilla, 
that was given a very sexual element, and a lot of people argue it's because of this whole idea of the the swarthy, you know, Eastern Europeans coming to the West and seducing. You know how there's always like this this fear of foreigners coming and fucking your women. That's like a thing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a very like I have that fear every night. <laughs> like, uh, uh, but like, because you know, he, a lot of people say Dracula is based on Vlad the Impaler, who's Romanian. And the Impaler, a... right? Yeah, yeah. He was called Vlad Dracul, just for no, yeah. but like the Impaler, like with his dick. I yeah, got I it right. It. Not I got it. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, this is like this fear, of, like this this uh, reverse colonialism, where we colonize these places, and now they're going to come and live where we are, and they're going to take our women. So there was a pretty sexual overtone, like right from the time that people were writing like novels about it. I I know what you mean, though. Like in old myths, it was kind of like like an animalistic thing. But once they started collecting it, there was, like, a very sexual thing about it. And that's why we'll see in these comics, like, Dracula can even just, like, talk to a woman and just, like, not mind control her, but he has, like, a charm Yeah, he, well, he actually does have mind control. At least, in the, at least I know in the movies he has hypnotism powers. Well, that's the thing okay. that even permeates in, like, the modern, like, the modern, like, hip, super cool, sexy vampire stuff. Like, like stuff like Twilight. I haven't read Twilight, but I assume that's a thing. And, like, True Blood... Has the same thing where you oh, can definitely. like control people. Yeah, vampires are sexy. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's why I don't like vampires because like I don't find like I, I like I like vampires only when they're feral, not when they're. Small. I I actually <laughs> liked I like Dra- uh, Dracula because he is swamp and he's say it right. He's such a thespian. He's always like delivering these long speeches and like he's pompous and arrogant. Like I just I love how he commands the scene whenever he appears. It's so cheesy. I find that I generally like Dracula the longer it's... The, I like him more the longer it's been since I've experienced the Dracula story because I always like him as an archetype, but I feel like he gets so old so fast. I agree. That's the actually, actually opposite. He's, he's young forever, Ryan. You got oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Shall we begin? Uh, yes. Yeah, so let's... we're going to start with the series I mentioned, Tomb of Dracula, the one that launched the character. You're going to do it every fucking time, aren't you, Sly? Yes, I will. And uh, it's issue 10. This issue is very important because it's the first appearance of Blade. This is his first appearance? Yes. Oh, wow. Blade was not a... Like, it's funny. It's always interesting to me. People say character... Like, Phil will say characters are lame. They should never get any attention to Ant-Man or Aquaman because they're fucking lame. Blade was created as a supporting character for Dracula. He wasn't even the main character's book. And he was a, a, a zealous character for ages. I had no idea this was his first appearance. Because he's just, like, here with a, yeah. ca- a supporting cast. Yeah, and like he's not even this is this is like uh, he's not even the main character in this book. Like he's like tertiary in terms of like the characters in, uh, of of their importance in the story. Yeah, and and I, that's why I always, whenever people like Phil say these characters lame, don't give them attention. I say fuck you because any character <laughs> Blaze one's character that proves any character to become a list if you give him the right story. Like the movies with Leslie Snipes gave Blade the right story and made him a mainstream icon so fuck you phil i have said when we talked about that question of uh can are, are all characters shitty i did say are all characters shitty? <laughs> <laughs> and phil's answer was yes all captions are garbage every character actors characters i hate them all i'm a character part. actors surprisingly okay yeah <laughs> all right so let's who's, who's doing it me it's me but uh right. just to uh, uh on the cover is basically a dracula holding a woman like he usually does in the classic pose where a monster carries off a woman and, and Blade's like, drop that girl, Dracula, or this wooden knife will finish you off forever. Maybe you're hot stuff back in Transylvania, but nobody messes around with Blade, the vampire slayer. <laughs> he sounds like Bart Simpson. I couldn't believe this. 
<laughs> I couldn't believe this was him. And just to and just to explain his costume, he's wearing green glasses, like green sunglasses, green pants, and a red uh, jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've only seen Blade like in the black trench coat type outfit, and the afro and the bright <laughs> outfit was just. Even though I don't like Blade's design, I do just want to say that I adore Gene Colan a lot. And his Daredevil work and a lot of his Marvel work at this time is, I think, like some of the best art Marvel had. And I like his art in this book a lot, even if I don't like Blade's design. I agree. And I also think his art is perfect for a horror book like this. I agree. It's more more, uh, lucid and like less... Uh, sturdy than like Jack Kirby or other Silver Age artists. Like, yeah, more... and it, he frames things in a much more interesting way, and it's always more. Even when the story's kind of boring, it's always exciting to read. So, just shout out to Gene Cullen. Yeah. So, uh, so it opens up with a bunch of people going to a, a boat. Uh, two people going to a boat uh, near the docks, and they find sneak away uh, and get married. But the three vampires show up as bats, and um, and this happens like so fast. Yeah, and the vampires try to attack the couple, and um, the the couple starts screaming, and all of a sudden, Blade shows up. And Wait, he says, what's weird is the couples, the vampires go to attack them, and immediately the guy's like, "I'm gonna fight vampires." Like he he recognizes their yeah, vampires, he's like, vampires, and he goes to fight them. Well, if you if you, uh, if you saw a vampire, would you just give up and say suck my blood? You'd run away, but they're he's not running. He faces the vampires, <laughs> these eternal beings. It's Phil. He's like, I don't, I'm not fucking scared of Dracula. I'm only afraid of existential dread. <laughs> You're not scary, you fucking cliche. <laughs> you bat. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. Bite me? Can't steal my woman, you foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like to hint what Daryl's saying, the vampire's like, "Ha you're stupid. You can't fight us off." And Blade's like, "Yeah, but they can't. But I can." And he starts being the shit out of vampires, and um, he's, he does like cry chops on them and shit. And I really didn't know this is his first appearance because even the vampires know about him. They're like, "We yeah. were warned about him." Well, a lot of these characters in uh, Tomb of Dracula, uh, a lot of the characters were treated as deep hunting vampires for years, and now the Dracula showed up in the modern day. They're coming to track him down for the final time. Like, it was treated like every character was kind of a juicy way except for the first character, Frank Drake, who was Dracula's ascendant. Oh, okay. I've I've only read, like, a pretty bad Doctor Strange crossover with Tomb of Dracula. Yeah. So, uh, one uh, bat tries to get away, and uh, one vampire turns into bat and tries to get away, but uh, Blade jumps out for him and grabs him as he's a bat and, and, and basically drags him to the ground. And says, I said you ain't escaping... Man, and I mean it. And he just stabs him right through the chest. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool fight. With his wooden knife. Yeah. Part of me me wonders if Sly always likes to do these episodes so he can just, like, pretend to be a black guy. (laughs) I did have Mark Simpson voice, and he said, stop it. So now I switch in. You're like, no, stop that. Don't Just talk normally and be boring. Like, so then Blade, he goes and fights his vampire. All right. But but then um, after he kills the guys, Quincy Harker, who was one of the actual main characters of the book, who is John Harker's son from the original Dracula novel. Uh, he shows up and he basically chastises Blade saying, you're a loose cannon, turn in your badge. <laughs> his, his complaint is that he was tracking the vampires to Dracula and Blade just ruined it by just jumping in and stabbing them all. Yeah, basically. And then we cut to um, another, an actual boat in sea, at sea. An actual yeah. boat? Were we looking at fake boats before? No, because we were at a uh, docked boat. Fuck you, bro. A scene right out of that Hulk uh, feminist comic. I was, I was gonna say <laughs> it's right out of that Hulk comic. Bunch of yuppies. This was very common at the time to have a bunch of yuppies like partying, and they're partying on this boat. 
Gabby, honey, or Garby, Garby, <laughs> Garby, you're garbage, honey. Garby. This party is absolutely the most wonderful you've had this month. I can't wait to see what your surprise is. Well, is this a typo? Because it says his name's Garbiel, but like Gabriel yeah. is the name. It's sort of like if you, if you spell Chris with a K. Yeah, I guess. Then you'll need you'll need wait no longer, lovely moniker. Be a dear love and move over a bit. It's time to call our guest to attention. This friends, so friends, weird. please a moment. It's time, friend, now, friends, for the raison d'etre, the piece de resistance, if you will, for our little celebration. Who is it? You all know him. It's Count Dracula. And everyone's like, oh, magnificent. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Count Dracula at your bid. Garby's outdone himself this time. He sounds just like the movie. <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, are you really a vampire? I'm afraid so, my dear. It is a curse, alas, but you needn't be afraid of me. The legend I attack beautiful young ladies as yourself are strictly stories, I assure you. By the way, fun fact, I read online, in the original uh, Dracula movie, they had uh, Dracula attack only a woman because they wanted to make sure people didn't think he was gay. And I, that's why I always think of <laughs> I, I, I'm saying there is a there is a sexual element to but that. Like, but like, every time I think of Dracula, I just imagine him saying, I'm not gay, I, I don't only suck guys. <laughs> that, that was one of the funny things about reading these comics is he, he consistently goes after women. And there's only like yeah. rare times he'll do a man and won't be romanticized at all. He's just like, I just need blood He does real a quick. man. <laughs> rare times he does a man. He sometimes just <laughs> yeah. swings that way. He, I think, uh, if I recall correctly, it's been a while since I read it, but he does generally uh, like prey on women. Yeah, yes. I think so too, but it just seems like it just seems so silly to me, like that the movies they made no like saying only woman. If he sucks any guy's blood, it's super. Uh, yeah, because cool. it looks like it when he's biting their neck, it looks like he's giving them a hit. Yeah, that's and they're, the thing. Like, passing out and fainting under his power. Like they, you don't want to put a man in an emasculating position like that. And also, one way to be, the only way to become a vampire, I think, in the book, is to suck the blood from his chest. So you have a guy just sucking out Dracula, and it looks pretty gay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a pretty intimate like thing. Yeah. in general. So. so is is it ridiculous to anyone else that he's like trying to explain like no it's not like it is in the movies it's just like a blood disorder but I still dress in this big cape and dr- <laughs> arrive dramatically no. and are like I am Dracula no what's because he could be a performer what's ridiculous is the fact that he's lying to them when two pages later he attacks them yeah it's <laughs> yeah clear. where he's like no I need to hold up this guise real quick until I attack Garby spoilers <laughs> for Garby. <laughs> It's it's just funny that he has this whole like monologue and he's like prepared. call call me Vlad Vlad yes Vlad but uh, <laughs> uh, so then he goes and sucks a woman uh, blood uh, she basically lures her away yeah it's Garby's uh, girl and she's just some blonde ditz and he calls her delightfully charming and deliciously naive and she takes that as a compliment yeah. no she, well, says, think... she says oh you gotta be kidding he says no Draco does not lie you are a most intelligent girl of course she goes no one's ever said that to me before. <laughs> She says, gosh, no one ever said that to me before. <laughs> but I, I thought like he was like transfixing her here or whatever he does. He probably that was. I it doesn't seem like he has to, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was just flirting with her. He he has a charm spell that just is like always working. That, you know, just. Yeah. yeah charm person. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a level 20 wizard. Charm plus two. But, um, so then he go, uh, after killing the girl, uh, he goes to. Uh, well, he doesn't kill he doesn't, her. He doesn't kill her. He just drains her and leaves her. And he's like, hey, manservant, watch over her. Yeah, so basically he has a Renfield-type character who's like an obsessive slave. Uh, also, that... every transitionary <laughs> panel... Obsessive Every transitionary panel, he's always laughing really loud as he walks <laughs> to a different scene. <laughs> I, I have to say, I love the narration in this story, as stupid as it is sometimes, where, like, they're introducing this random boat captain who's about to die, 
And they're like, meet Captain Charlie O'Casey, born with scales instead of legs, because no one can remember the last day they saw him walk on dry land. He claims he was found floating in on the sea waves as a child, and when he dies, it will also be at sea. Unfortunately, Charlie is right. I actually really love that, because it gives some color to the people. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But so his captain gets bitten by vamp. Uh, he doesn't get bitten. What does he do? He like punches him. He slaps, yeah. slaps him and he him. disappears. No, he like backhands him. He backhands him, yeah. <laughs> and then he like disappears. No, he he uses him later. He uses him later, he, but he, for he, now he's just piloting the boat by himself. And he says, "Now these vessel sails on my course, a course through hell itself." <laughs> it's so campy though. He's it's like so driving campy. a fucking yacht. And my love is the next scene is like just this woman being tossed around. Like he's just. Like, wildly piloting this Spinning giant the boat. boat. Like, yeah. this party yacht is going, like, fucking ten knots. But, uh, d- uh then, uh, they're like, good heavens, is old Charlie gone mad? What's he trying to do? Sink us all? And, uh, Draco shows up as Mist, which she can do, and says, no, no, fool, it's not your pilot's doing, but mine. <laughs> and he explains, um, he wants them to either, uh, be slaves or become vampires. And, uh, they respond by shooting him in the face. <laughs> yeah, but since he's dragging the bullets, don't think to him. And uh, I love how everyone in the ship is for, like he calls them frightened rabbits, and he's like, "You none of them." I thought they were like had a spell on them, but then this grumpy guy is like, "I'm gonna fucking shoot you, you piece of shit!" Yeah. And he's like, "Ah, finally a real man among all you worms." <laughs> then he throws them overboard. And one thing I find funny, like this is supposed to kill, he's supposed to kill them, but later on, this is how they all escape. Spoilers: getting off, jumping off the boat. <laughs> oh, that's uh, true. That's not how you you can't just jump off a boat that's sinking and you know, whatever. I mean, it's a party boat. I assume it's not, like, in the middle of the ocean. It's probably in the middle of the ocean. It doesn't matter, because a sinking boat pulls people Oh, that's in. true, that's true. A, a sinking boat uh, tells no tells. <laughs> Dead men but, tell uh, no sly. Loose lips sink ships. Yeah, but... Um, Loose buttholes. What happens is... <laughs> Thanks, Blade, Phil. Blade is put on a nearby boat, and he's putting on scuba gear, and he swims over to the, to, to the main ship, and he starts rhyming for some reason, saying, Now there's a mother. Now to border. Which shouldn't should be taught, brother. Give the man ten cents cigar. So I'm like, yeah, he's 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 real chatty to himself. Like I I was I looked in the previous page. I'm like, who's he talking to? And there's no one around him. <laughs> <laughs> They're not like thought bubbles either. And also, uh, and also, um, like Phil's making fun of me for giving him a black voice, but he talk, he Blake talk, does talk in a very stereotypical black voice. And Marvel said the reason why he didn't use Blade that often after this for a while was because he, he felt like he had to evolve on writing black characters and he wasn't that good here. Yeah, it's like your yeah, typical black exploitation voice. That's yeah, pretty yeah. self-aware though to say yeah. like, I'm not good at this, I'm gonna wait until yeah. I am. Yeah. He eventually created Cyborg so, you know, he learned. Yeah, he did. And so basically uh, Dracula gives his ultimatum but one guy takes, one guy who I is, love this so much. He's like, he gives his ultimatum you either serve him forever or become a vampire. Yeah, and this one guy pulls out this cross. A uh, one guy in the, like um, what's that? What, what, what do you call that? It's not a t- turban. No, I don't know what you call it. He he looks like he's from the Middle East, um, like a Saudi prince or something like that. Yeah, he's you know it's actually like like ten million Christians in the Middle East, so he's probably like one of those yeah. historian or Coptic Christians. Yeah, so he looks like a he looks like one of those guys, and he takes out a cross, and he says, "I know my answer, demon. I will die before serving an unchristian dog as you die or destroy you first. And he takes out his cross, and everyone and now, like, Dracula being scared of the cross, which is what he's weak to. He's weak to a lot of things. Dracula's kind of a pussy. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> he's like Geo, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Geo sucks. Jesus uh, is like the Dracula of... Uh, uh, guess what? If Judo's like Dracula, Dracula survives all these encounters. Yeah, because so. he has sturdy. He's sturdy. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so now being distracted by the cross, all people, all the passengers gang up on him. I love this this panel of Dracula falling over and a, a bunch of people like literally like piling on him, yeah. going "Kill him!" And he's yeah. so upset, like he's so stunned and taken back by this. I get. The, I guess this is Jughead. That's just like we need steak. We need steak. <laughs> But, um, uh, so then they're trying to hold him down so they can get a, a steak. But what happens is, uh, he, Dracula turns into a mist, which is really OP. Like, that's how he gets escapes most. He survives for seven issues just because he can turn into mist. Super OP. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, it's like, uh, he turns into mist and he gets out of it, all the grasps, uh, all the grasps, all the grasps. <laughs> and while he does this, the, uh, the lady that he drained wakes up and defeats his henchman by just clonking him on the back of the head. Yeah. And says, I can leave now to join my love. Yeah. Dracula, I come to you to my love. <laughs> really <laughs> shitty dialogue. I, I, she's, she's talking about she talked to me in life. You know, being a vampire. Being vampires make you learn a proper English. Yeah, she's probably just yeah. like entranced by him. Yeah, yeah. But like, you don't have to say my love twice in the same sentence. Uh, you do when you're in love. Yeah. It's like George Lucas. I love you, my yeah. love, love, love water. <laughs> and there's this awesome scene where there's like 50 people like punching Dracula in the face and the one guy holding the cross over him and he's like, burn the evil from his soul. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but, it's pretty cool. But then, uh, so then Blade shows up uh, to try to face off against uh, uh, Dracula and they, start, and they start fighting until finally Dracula gets the upper hand and he's about to bite uh, Dracula until his bride the girl he bit shows up and she's like, take me, my love, I am here. I don't get how this like ruins his plan. Because he gets distracted. He's like, ah, oh, woman, I can't, I'm talking, I'm busy. Yeah. yeah. Woman, uh, leave me alone, I'm in the middle of my job here, guys. Yeah. But this happens so fast because he's like, I'm about to beat Blade. And she shows up and she's like, come hang out with me. And then all of a sudden, Blade is just like, I win. <laughs> yeah. It's really forced. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there is actually no, like, Dracula just doesn't get beat. Blade just shows up and Dracula's like, oh, I'm done. I'm out. I guess I lose because this woman's here now. Yeah, but uh, uh, he basically f- says, I don't really lose because I actually put explosives on the boat and everyone here will die. I am Nemesis. <laughs> well, no, he, he, we, we at least saw some planning here because he took the ship captain before and now he's like, I transfixed the ship captain to set explosives or whatever. Uh, so it's okay. not like out of nowhere. Explosives from where? <laughs> he, he was a guest on the ship. He could have brought in his luggage. <laughs> But uh, then uh, uh, the blade just starts throwing people off the boat, and one guy's like, "I can't swim," and he's like, "No better time to learn, Mister. Let's see when he blasts the abyss." And as he chucks the guy off, he goes, "Oh my!" Yeah, <laughs> and everyone's being thrown off the boat, and like just like before, these people are dead. They're fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> they drown. When a boat sinks, it pulls everything around underwater. No, there's there's a there's a nearby boat. Blade's boat. Oh yeah, the, Blade's boat. Blade, Blade's boat's nearby. Oh okay. yeah, it'll hold a hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> Dracula leaves his manservant to die. Yeah, he leaves his Renfield character to die. Not like, only that, but he says farewell. Ha 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 ha. As he blows up. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're an idiot. Bye. What was funny, too, is the three vampires at the beginning of the comic, he actually cared about what happened to them. But this manservant, he's just like, you're so pathetic. Well, because he couldn't yeah. even keep an unconscious woman in her room. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to be fair, this, this actually was a recurring character in the comics. And this is like the 10th issue where he would just fuck shit up. Oh, and he's like, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of your shit. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I kind of love that. That it's just like, I'm sorry. You keep fucking up. Yeah. And that ends the story. Uh, thoughts on this issue? Uh, kind of boring. I can't <laughs> believe Blade is still a character. <laughs> I will say, this is my least favorite. I- I've read uh, 12 issues of the series to prepare for this episode. This is actually the worst out of uh, the, tw- the 12. I've and- heard people rave about the book. Yeah. This-, this is actually really weird because this is actually in the middle of another story. I don't know 
if this was like a last minute decision. Basically, this is the middle of another story where uh, Dracula, after being weak from not having enough blood, he basically gets beaten up by uh, a gang of like a, a, a like a, a, a wandering like gang. They just beat the shit out of him. While the, he's the Bloods, the Bloods, the Bloods and Crips. Basically, yeah. they beat the shit out of him. The Rubens. And this is like right in the middle of the story where uh, Dracula basically goes to seek revenge on them. And it's, the ending of that story is actually really creepy. It ends with the, the leader of the of the gang is actually a guy in an iron lung, and what happens is. Dracula, you know, turns him into a vampire, so that way he's trapped in his iron lung, basically hungry for blood, basically begging for sunlight to come so he will die. It's actually really chilling, really scary. That sounds way better than oh my. Yeah, it's like it's really it's like it's, it's like, it's like this is like the Hulk issue where I said like the reason why this is so bad is because it's out of place in the stories it's taking place in. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I thought yeah. going into this episode that of all the stories I would have liked the one with Blade the most because I. Re- like I enjoyed the movie when I saw it, and Blade yeah. makes sense against Dracula. Some of my other problems with the Dracula appearing in the other things is it doesn't make sense, and it just like the two characters don't mesh that well. Like I, th- yeah. I think X Men and Dracula kind of meshes surprisingly well, but it's like Thor against Dracula. It's like how do you even do this? Thor beats Dracula yeah. hands down. Like this isn't really a problem. Yeah, that's what I was reading too. I'm like, you know, superheroes are, like Dracula's strong compared to like regular humans, but. He's Thor's a demigod. That's why it's cool yeah. to see like an underdog like Blade, just this uh, half vampire fight against. Is he even a half vampire in the story? Uh, he's actually nah. He's actually oh, okay. um, he's before he became a vampire in the story in the comics. No, but I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, normal dudes fight Dracula. So I thought going into it, it's like, oh, this is gonna be cool. And then I read it, I'm like, this is extremely boring. Dracula looked so weak, just being like held down and beat up a bunch, and then flying away for no reason. And yeah, Blade yeah. wasn't even like. I wasn't like, all right, Blade. I'm just like, oh, you're one of these characters. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl, you suggested that X-Men might be a better fit. And speaking of... Well... <laughs> X-Men is a better fit. Uh, it, we'll see if it is. But we have... <laughs> yeah, you already told us it is. <laughs> Wait, uh, just because I think that doesn't mean that you guys do, too. Uh, I'm pretty sure no one in the world would think that that Blade comic is better than any of these. <laughs> yeah. And if you do, stop listening and go... I mean, it's not terrible... I like that Blake comic better. I like that Blake comic better in this comic, and I'll get to it why at the end. Fuck you, fuck you. That's fuck crazy. You, fuck you. Okay, so this is Uncanny X Men one fifty nine by Chris Claremont, who I'm sure we've mentioned a million times. Chris Claremont wrote the X Men for fucking like fifteen I think, years. I think I just automatically like Chris Claremont stuff. Every time I read it, I just enjoy it no matter what. He's great. Yeah, he's just great. And the penciler is Bill Sinkowicz, and this isn't what this isn't. This is before Bill, like, really got his style. Like, this is his... when he was still, like, a Neil Adams kind of uh, yeah, artist. Yeah, it's because like... I'm a huge Bill Sinkowitz fan, and this isn't, like, his unique style yet, but I still think he does a great job. The cover is close to his unique style, though. Yeah. The image of Storm with the X-Men carrying to a quarter, that's a very close to what he revolves into. Yeah, and I just want to say I do really like Sinkowitz's art in this book, I too. love it. He's one of my favorite artists, top yeah. five, easily. And speaking of the cover, it's literally... Uh... An image of Storm's face in the background, like, looking up and, like, fire coming out of her eyes. She has, like, vampire fangs and she's laughing. And all the X-Men are, like, cowering. Yeah. While there's her... a silhouette of, of her behind them where they're backing up into. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it, too. 
So how does the story open up, though? So the story opens up with some bullshit that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like, oh, we're going to see our friend Misty. She's not here. Some supermodels here instead. Who cares? Uh, they uh, try on clothes. Yeah, let's skip all this. Storm and Kitty Pryde. Yeah. Wolverine gets drunk. Because it's Chris Claremont, it's just a lot of like fun character stuff. I thought that was so funny that Wolverine shows up and he's like, I'm just going to take your beers and drink. Them. Yeah. <laughs> I, the, the thing is, like, as much as I'm saying this doesn't matter, like, this is part of the stuff that really makes me enjoy all the Uncanny X-Men I've read because I feel like I you know these characters. Like, they feel like people. He has a lot of scenes where it just shows the X-Men just hanging out being people. Yeah, and it's it's not always the most fun to talk about, but it's a lot of fun to read. Yeah. And, like, you get a lot of small character stuff. Like, we immediately establish that Storm is, like, a mentor big sister to Kitty, and... Because she's going to see her parents, and she's like, I need something to wear, and she's like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll help you out. Yeah, and, like, it just, it's the kind of thing that just shows, like, this is a family, this is a team, and I especially mention that Kitty and Aurora Storm are very close, because that matters. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Kitty Pride went to go see her parents, and uh, Storm walked with her, and then she calls up the X-Men, and they're like, hey, can I talk to Storm? And she's like, what? She should be with you. And she's like, no, she went home. And then we see Storm lying in an alley with blood coming out of her neck. We should, we should clarify the team right now is Nightcrawler, Wolverine... Uh, Colossus and uh, the two we mentioned before, Kitty and um, yeah. uh, Storm, yep. and they're not the X Mansion. They're at one of the Missy Knight's apartment. Yeah, they're in the, they're in like Greenwich Village or something. Yeah, um, I love how no matter what Marvel comic we read, it's like I was somewhere in Manhattan. Like yeah. every superhero in the fucking world lives in, within like a five block radius of each other. So then we cut to the hospital where Storm is brought in, and they're like, I don't know how she survived. She's you know she's been mugged or something. She has puncture wounds on her neck, and then uh, Wolverine. And- and Colossus bust in. Bust in makes him feel good. Yeah, I really miss the status quo because they're like, we can't match your blood type. I don't know why. And they're like, it's people know about mutants, but they don't like know everything about mutants. So they're like, we need, they're, they're having this struggle where they're like, we need to get Storm the medical attention she needs, but we don't want them to discover she's a mutant because then they're going to hate us. And like, nowadays, that would never happen because everybody knows everything about mutants. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the, even just a little character flair here where Colossus is telling Wolverine to be calm and Wolverine's like, I'm cool as ice, Speedy. I won't do a flaming thing till I find whoever did this to Aurora. The next page where the doctor is describing what happened and everything, this is my problem with this issue, is that it's, it's sort of like a, a double-edged sword where it's, it's just so exposition-heavy. Well, this it book, is Chris Claremont. This book yeah. took me the longest to get through. Chris Claremont loves his dialogue more than anyone else. I yeah, think. and on the, the the flip side of that, though, is that you get to actually like build a lot, and the stuff that it gets into with Dracula later, explaining what Dracula's powers are and what he can do, I thought that was really cool. It's just that you're reading literal paragraphs and frames. That's, that's a lot of people's problems with Chris Claremont. Nobody uses more words than Chris Claremont, and that's including Stan Lee and Roy Thomas. Yeah, but, but let me let me just say that I think this might have taken you twice as long as Blade, but it's it's ten times more uh, like interesting. Yeah, the quality I, I, is higher. That, that, like I said about uh, his uh, Claremont's writing, is at least the dialogue. Like there's so much of it, but they're trying to move the story along. It's not just quips. Yeah, it's I, not like Stan Lee where I'm like, oh, okay, I I get it. Like the, the thing, you're very grumpy and you call everyone. Names. You, you might you might say, oh, Stan Lee's quips, but like that, like when we talked about uh, Teen Titans, not Teen Titans, Legion of Superheroes, where we like if you should if you should have a, uh, a scene where it's the exterior of a plane and there's people talking inside of it. In Legion of Superheroes, you cannot tell who the fuck was talking. In in Stanley stuff, you got such a good 
taste of everyone's voice just to their natural yeah, yeah, dialogue. I, yeah, I agree that Stan Lee's better than Legion Super. That's definitely one of the worst comics we've read so far. Yeah. Well, I think it's better than most DC stuff. Just yeah. having characters make, even make it seem like all oh, these just quips, you get a good taste of everyone's, a good sense of everyone's voice. And especially, like, when you think the X-Men, you think Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Wolverine. These are all characters that people only know because of Chris Claremont. Yeah. So, like, you, even though, like, yeah, Storm says so many unnecessary things, you still get such, you know more about Storm's personality in a page of this than we knew about any character in the whole last issue. If yeah. you took this, any, most Chris Claremont comics that I've read, and you took out all the pictures and just had dialogue, you can tell who is who just by the way they talk. And yeah. if you took that Blade comic and did that, I'd be like, this is You can tell funny. Blade. Blade talks very black. And okay, Dracula, <laughs> you're right. Oh, you're you right. can't say about that book. Like, you're I know right. you guys didn't like it that much, but it wasn't that bad. No, but I understand Phil's point, actually, because there are a lot of comics where I read it, I'm like, like, a lot of the characters have, like, the same kind of voice. Like, when we get into the Thor one, the lady that Thor likes has, like, the same voice as every lady that every superhero likes. Yes. I don't even remember uh, her other, name. Other than when she's using her, like, Asgardian voice. Well, Thor is a, 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 a run that no other members or likes. We'll get to that next. All right, let's 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 move on. Um, uh, Storm wakes up, and the she's art like, on this page is so good. This is when she's sleeping after the X Men see her. Yeah, yeah, they're like rest for the night. Yeah, so they tell yeah. her to rest. She's resting, and it's like she tosses, turns, trying in vain to make herself comfortable. As the night deepens, her senses sharpen, becoming unbearably acute. A voice calls to her. She ignores it for as long as she ab- as long as she is able. And it keeps cutting from a storm turning around in her bed to the, the window, and mist is growing around the window. And it's slowly. slowly zooming in on her face as the, like more than more mist and comes more, in. Yeah, more and more pained, and then her eyes open, and you see this like painted image of her face and it looks almost like a vic- like a an old like a painting you would expect to see in Dracula's castle it's, it's kind of no it's kind of like a charcoal sketch that someone did of her and then the dialogue the narration even says then as if this is a dream basically uh, so basically it's supposed to things feel us real at this moment which i makes the art reflect that yeah and then it goes back to like the regular comic art and it's just there's mist everywhere, and she opens the window and says, "Enter freely and of your own will." And it's enter Ace freely, member of Kiss. <laughs> and, and, and she like is wearing just this white dress that flows into the white mist that's coming through the window. Yeah, and it's, her blood burns white hot within her as the fog swirls around her, enshrouding her, caressing her. She smiles with a wanton, inhuman, supernal joy. It's very classic Dracula with the, yeah. the yeah. woman coming into Dracula coming through the window, the woman waiting for him and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> and, but it, it works so well. The charcoal sketch of her face was my favorite part out of the whole comic. I was like, hey, this is actually pretty cool. This is what Sinkowitz's style becomes when he does books like New Mutants uh, or yeah, Moon Knight. Okay. And it's like, you would love that stuff, Daryl. Yeah. yeah it's it's amazing. Alley. So what happens uh, the so morning after? Kitty Pride comes home and she's like, hey, I'm home, guys. What's up? And they all look, all the men look uh, distraught. And they tell her, you know, Storm is, you know, attacked. She's sick. And she's not getting better. So, uh, so Kitty Pride runs in the room and opens the window. And she's like, ah, oh, the sunlight hurts. And then Kitty Pride's like, that's weird. And then um, she, <laughs> she's, she's like, casually, talk- that's weird. <laughs> she's talking to her, and she's like, I hope you're feeling better. All this. And then um, she's like, where are you wearing that? Where would you get that scarf? And she's like, oh, it's a gift from an admirer. It has a big script D on it. Yeah, Darryl. he gave her the D. Yeah. <laughs> he did. If you watch any Dracula movie or, or Renny Bloke, it's always written this, the D's written this style. So. Yeah. yeah. And um, she's like freaking out because she's like, but how can that be? That was in my dream. And uh, Kitty Pride's like, oh, sorry to me to upset you. And then... The 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 light shines off the star of David on Kitty Pride's neck, 
and uh, Storm recoils away from it. And now again, Kitty Pride's like, that's weird. Aversion to sunlight, to religious artifacts, anemia, weird dreams. And she's like putting it together, but she's like, I, I don't think that can be real. Like, I, I don't think she could actually becoming a vampire. This is one. Of, this is the reason why Kitty's one of my favorite X Men characters is because she has this like naivety where she's like, no one's gonna believe me. I'm just a dumb kid. It can't be a Dracula. That's dumb. It can't be a Dracula. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. It can't it's be a Frankenstein. Watch out. Yeah. So she kind of <laughs> like a more useful Jubilee. Yes, Jubilee is is very reminiscent of Kitty's character at this time. The Jubilee from the cartoon, which is the one that most people think of, was basically. Kitty Pride, uh, but not as good because th- yeah, that that's where all my X Men knowledge comes from. Yeah, in the comics, Jubilee's more of just like a, a bitchy brat. But I love Jubilee, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can say uh, that about her. Yeah. <laughs> then she runs away crying or whatever, and then Akastorm basically pushes her out of rooms and get yeah. the fuck out of here. And then the night comes again. Now I wanted to ask this to Phil: yeah. Has it always been any religious artifact or just crosses? I in, in from what I remember in the original like fa- the original gothic lit it was just uh, Christian imagery. Yeah, I think so too. Because um, I like this concept a lot, and they get into it more. That we'll get into it when we when they explore it more later in the issue. But I do really like that. Like any religious artifact, if you like believe in it, works. Yeah, I think that that is a more modern thing. But I think it, it works um, because he is supposed to be some kind of like uh, dark, you know. Um, not necessarily like I mean the thing is he does talk about Satan a lot too so it kind of it, it seems like it has to be an Abrahamic thing like you have to either be Jewish Christian or Muslim yeah but, but I just think having like a Jewish artifact that was like an unexpected but really cool twist yeah I'm just same. imagining that because you're saying it has to be Abrahamic I'm imagining that it wasn't and you just have like a worshiper of a giant flying spaghetti monster holding a <laughs> like no get away um, it's probably anything that it specifically repels evil or is against evil because Dracula is always about like oh I'm so evil I love evil I have an evil so aura. like a really good security system on your house will work just as well yeah <laughs> yep that um, the tagline for those are always repels evil destroys well, I think burglars and murderers are pretty evil whoop they're just trying to survive Ryan one fun fact about Dracula though a security system actually would work because Dracula can't enter your house unless you, you let him into your house yeah That's thanks yeah. Sly that, yeah. Isn't that so fucking lame? Dracula's such a fucking dork. I can't come in unless you let me in. I hope Dracula kills you one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna dress up as Dracula and kill Sly you. says, I'm gonna slit your throat, Phil. Phil's like, I hope Dracula attacks you. <laughs> no, it attacks, kills. I don't even want him to turn into a vampire. I want him to just drain him to death. But like, monsters, it's like, oh, I have to wait for you to be polite. But he's not a... The thing is, he's not a monster in the, in the sense that a lot of other monsters are monsters. He is like a, a being uh, of the night... That has to be lent to your and house. That, but that's why house. the mind control sexual elements of it are interesting. And it fits in again with this reverse colonization thing where you let them in and now they fuck your women. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. I never thought of it like that, but wow. You come to my house, you fuck my wife. <laughs> He's specifically like Romanian because like a lot of British people at the time were like, anyone from Germany or eastward coming to Britain, which there was a fear of this, was like seen as like unclean foreigner i'm really glad we live in a, a society now where we're not that ignorant or scared of foreigners <laughs> i was gonna say i can't believe they felt that about other white people <laughs> like they're like oh even if white people are too scary for us yeah yeah well you know we live in a post-racial society now so yeah thank god uh, um so moving on <laughs> um we cut to nighttime and again uh 
Storm like wakes up in the night, once more throws open the windows to admit her lover. He does not keep her waiting. And then Dracula, I love this picture too, of him coming in. He looks so suave with like this beard and like the, this time, like Sly was saying last time, the blue does make it look like it's nighttime. Yeah. Um, and this is the and, first time we actually see him on the page. And he looks really fucking suave. And he's like, Aurora, your name means beauty. Through me, Wind Rider, that beauty shall remain unta- unchanged till the end of time. Through me, you shall have immortality a goddess deserves. Do you wish this? And she says yes. And then he introduces himself as Dracula, Prince of Darkness. And he's like, you're going to be my bride. And that's the thing is, Claremont, you see a Claremont page, you're like, oh, there's so many words. And then I love reading every word, so it's fine. Yeah. I, you know, you you guys bring up the, always all the time that he's very wordy, and I don't realize it until you bring it up because I just it just it goes quickly to me. Yeah, and then Kitty Pride phases through the walls because that's her power. If we don't know, dressed as Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, I was and, about to say. <laughs> and she she comes in with a cross, saying, "I may be a kid buster, but I've helped trash vil- nastier villains than you. I'm an X Man, and we take care of our own. Beat it, creep, or suffer the consequences." And Dracula is like, "Oh shit, the cross." And then he goes, wait. You have to work on your Dracula voice. Oh, um, shit, the cross. <laughs> Fine. You want to be Dracula? The cross. Wait, the very presence of the holy object should be anathema to me. Yet it has absolutely no effect. And why is that? Because she doesn't believe in it. And he, and goes, he basically says, haha, you're a Jew. Yeah, you're no Christian, but a Hebrew. And then he grabs her by the throat, but he starts burning. And he goes, oh, fuck. Uh, and a Star of David. Ah, oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, have you been practicing that all week, Sly? Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, um, Storm goes to protect Dracula from the Star of David. Um, they fly away and, together. And they fly away together because she can fly because she's Storm. Yeah. And she basically turns to Kitty and she's like, forget me, child, and pray that we never meet again. And she's crying because they're friends. And then the X-Men busts in and they're like, what happened? She's like, Dracula. And they're like, what? You didn't tell us about tra- vampires? And she's like, "And she's like, uh, oh, I didn't think you'd believe me. And they're like, well, we got to go find her. And um, apparently Dracula's living in a castle in Central Park. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this castle is in Central Park, I guess. Uh, no, no there's not. Maybe but, it's like in the fucking the, the Castlevania games where Dracula's castle teleports around. That's true. It does randomly yeah. appear. Oh, uh, that's true. Okay. And Learn the lore, the, bro. <laughs> yeah, you can call yourself a Bram Stoker Dracula expert, Phil. You I didn't know talking about Castlevania games. It's true canon. I, <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I said it was good before, but like Castlevania games are they're way more fun than reading Dracula. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, but it's not like you don't read that expecting like an action novel. Um, anyway, so they're in Central Park. This just in. Castlevania has better writings than Dracula. <laughs> Not writing. It, it's it's more interesting, I think. Um, because it's the game. Games are fun. <laughs> Me like a game more than book. <laughs> so they, they get to the castle, and Dracula's like, Behold! And he uh, has rats and dogs attack them. Um, and they start fighting. They start one, like basically fist fighting Dracula. He punches Nightcrawler in the face. And one of the things I kind of do like about X-Men comics is that you always have to think about how do I write it? If you have one person versus the X-Men, it's like, how do I write it where the X-Men just don't kill him? Like, yeah. that, that, that he has to find a way to keep them all busy individually. Yeah. It's usually them versus a team or an army or one really strong guy. And yeah. one thing I like about Chris Claremont especially is he always makes, makes it so they have to work together to stop a threat. Yeah. Like, it's never just like one guy just punches him in the face and that's over. And he always shows like everybody has a role. You never have like Sue Storm sitting on the side. I, yeah. I was I was going to say that's why I also enjoyed about Fantastic Four, but X-Men probably does it better. 
Yeah, well, this is also it. a lot later. Fantastic Four around this time was getting better at it. Yeah. Yeah. They tried a fastball special him where Colossus... What's fastball special, Phil? Oh, my God. Colossus grabs Wolverine's crotch and throws him He's, at he someone. Basically, his arm acts as a catapult, and he, like, the... The, the place where you put the boulder is Colossus's hand, and he just holds Wolverine's butt as Wolverine, like, goes into crouching position. This, this is something they do constantly. This is common, yeah. yeah I really didn't common. know! I was like, what is, like, is this a one-time thing? Are they, no, like... No, look, Wolverine's a sh- oh, well, the shortest X-Man. He's small. And Colossus is big and huge, so he can throw him, and then he you have an adamantium claw guy. I expect him like grab him by like you know the nape of his neck, and the, he doesn't his, always his... grab him by the taint. In the movie, he's just, he just in the movie he just like basically cartwheels him and throws him. No, Colossus is in the movies. Don't fucking lie. He's in X three. He throws him. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he's in Deadpool. Col- yeah, Colossus is in Deadpool. That's nice. Uh, but he throws him, but Dracula turns to mist, and he's like ha ha. And then there, Colossus actually tries to punch Dracula, and apparently Dracula's strong enough to just throw Colossus. That's another thing. You say Dracula is not a threat to most of the Marvel Universe, but they also, in Marvel Universe, they made it more like... Kind of like Castlevania games kind of did too, where Dracula's like a fucking giant boss. Like, he turns into giant monsters. Dracula's like that in Marvel Universe too. He's he's a big threat, like, power level-wise too. Yeah. And then Wolverine's like, I know what to do. This is my favorite part of the I love this. And he he makes his claws into a cross, (laughs) and he's like, eat shit, Dracula! And Dracula's like... Ah, as I told the child, that ploy is useless unless you truly believe. And Wolverine's like, shit, I don't believe in God. And then Nightcrawler shows up, our resident cat, or I think he's a Catholic. Yep. Yeah, he is a Catholic. And he's like, in that case, vampire, your cause is lost, for I believe. And he he shows two sticks. Yar! And this yeah. is such a cool thing because, like, I the X-Men have always been a really diverse team since Claremont's run started. And, like, Nightcrawler is one of the most Catholic characters, aside from, like, maybe Daredevil. And it very rarely gets used in ways that are, like, not just fleshing out his character or, like, a crisis of conscious thing. And seeing him actually use it in a fight is so cool to me. And also because of diversity, it's rare to have an actual atheist character like Wolverine. Yeah. And it just, especially because two people have already tried to use crosses, it has so much more weight that, like, look at how much faith Nightcrawler has. Like, this isn't just yeah. a ploy. He really is Catholic. That was actually pretty cool that they did show Wolverine. Because I was actually surprised that they are willing to say, it's like, ha, you do not believe. I'm like, well, oh, they're saying Wolverine <laughs> doesn't believe in God. Wolverine's very blatantly an atheist. That's one of the things I find really cool about him. If anything, he's probably, like, a Shintoist. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know... X-Men are the fucking coolest. I'm just gonna say, I always, I, I shit on comics all the time, I fucking love X-Men. All these comics, I really enjoy reading, I like talking about them, the characters are so interesting, even when they're doing weird stuff, like fighting Dracula, there's so much cool stuff to talk about. Maybe it's because it's like your, your favorite SJW world, where it's all these different ethnicities living together, and working together, <laughs> to, to, to stop, like, Magneto's fascist reign. No, but I think I love Magneto too. Phil, we should make you read the two stories where Kitty Pride loves to use the N word. <laughs> oh, no. oh, why? Um, so talking about Kitty Pride, Dracula's like, ah, I can call down lightning. Fuck you, Nightcrawler. Yeah, uh, I didn't know uh, he fu- could do fuck that. Fuck you, Nightcrawler. <laughs> and he's like, is trying to strike him. So Nightcrawler's teleporting away from lightning. Again, a p- amped power level here. This is just like give Dracula some powers. Yeah, I think it's um, really cool. It makes sense because yeah, lightning's always present in vampire stories, but he actually controls lightning. I think it's cool. I think it's cool too. Um, mm-hmm. Kitty Pride slips away, comes into the castle, phases in, and pours holy water all over the coffin. She's like, "Ha ha, asshole!" Uh, which is actually this harkens back to Bram Stoker's Dracula, where they put like uh, Eucharist wafers in all yeah. the coffins um, so that he can't use them. This is actually very reminiscent. There's a lot of references that feel very... Like, the storm waiting for Dracula to come through. And I love it. It feels very reminiscent of specifically Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. 
And then um, Storm shows up and she's like uh, very like vampiric looking. Half her face is in shadow. Her eyes are red. She's got bright red lipstick on and vampire fangs. And she's like, nice of you to visit. And she says, don't resist, kitten. I don't want to hurt you. The change is really quite wonderful. And she's basically like, I, I don't want to have to stake you through the heart, but... Uh, Kitty's like that. She's like, I, sort of like I stake her through the heart. Yeah. Her Kitty's like, I don't want to do this. And she's like, I'm an elemental master. I can batter you senseless. And Kitty's like, you have to fight him. Uh, you told me you were a goddess consecrated to life. Prove it. Reach within you to your heart and soul. Fight him. And she drops the stake and says, if you can't, if you want my life so badly, then take it. I won't try to stop you. I love Kitty so much. And then we cut back to the fight outside. Um where lightning's about to strike. No, it does strike the team. But we see the Nightcrawler teleports right in front of Dracula, it, so lightning strikes him. And yeah, yeah, and then for some reason everyone lost after it struck Dracula. It's because it struck them too, but he's immune. Yeah. Or something. But it just shows it striking him in that panel. Yeah. No, it just shows like it's striking him, but then everyone's on the ground. On the ground. I think the implication is that it was such a massive force yeah. when it even struck. And then down. Storm comes out looking like a vampire bride. And she's like, what will you do with them, my lord? He says, slay them. That, Dracula, is something you will never do. And she strikes him with lightning. And, and then she gets her costume on all of a sudden. I don't know where. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's really dumb. Uh, but she flies away as a bat. And he's like, traitorous witch, you'll pay for that. Enjoy your freedom. It will not last long. We have shared blood. We are bound. One heart, one mind, one soul for all eternity. And uh, she flies after him, and she's like, 1v1 me! And she, like, calls a blizzard to fight him, crashes through a window with him. He's fighting uh, in his cool bat form, or yeah, man bat yeah. form. So he's he's fighting Storm, basically, and he's like, if you don't let me go, I'm going to kill this random civilian woman. And well, she's like, I don't want to kill, I don't want this person to die. So but she, will, she refuses to join Dracula's side, no matter what. Yeah. And then Dracula actually backs down here, and he's like... I knew from the moment that I tasted your blood that you are a woman of rare beauty, rare courage, rare strength. Those qualities attracted me to you. Now they have defeated me. So basically, he like won't call her bluff. She's like, you could kill me. I'll never be a vampire. And he's like... He's like, when I lived, I was a prince. You were one of the handful of women I've met who are worthy of being my queen. I offer you wonders, but I cannot force you to accept them. A a lesson in consent here. Even Dracula is like, you gotta... They have to consent. Yeah, you gotta give up. uh, And this is why I don't like this story. Uh, again, it's, it's like the Hulk issue where the context is what really kills it for me. Because uh, Claremont had a storm fetish. Like, he really, really had a... Like, there's rumors that he had a prostitute dress up a storm. I don't know. That's probably not true. <laughs> but, but, like, but, like it's, it's heavily... It's very blatant in his writing that he was really attracted to storm. And Dracula's not the first enemy. He had Doctor Doom do this, too. Basically, he repeatedly has a big... Megalomaniacal villains, Loki too. Almost every single big <laughs> megalomaniacal villain captures Storm. And he's like, "I want you, my bride. You're so hot. Please do me." And always ends up Storm being like, "I'm too strong for you. I'm a more powerful woman." And he's like, "Ah, oh, you are too powerful a woman. I cannot take away your freedom and stuff." It's so Mary. It's so Mary Sue, first of all. But the thing is, at this time, especially. She is literally the only character in comic books that has that. I will give him a pass. But for me, for me, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Re- 
defeating it because like this story was good until it got to this point where Dracula's just like you're so great Storm I'm gonna let you go and because uh, I can't take away your freedom make you like and not have you I rather I rather have you alive and not doing me than have you dead because you're so hot like this maybe this like nails on chalkboard for me like I, I just really don't I like just it. think I've seen this whole like I won't compromise for you thing from a man so fucking much that like having even though it is a lot and Claremont does fall on his tropes a lot having it be like. Like, this is so ahead of its time. It really also, is. Uh, my, my, my Claremont also has a mind control fetish, which is present here, too. So, this is, this is for me, it's like, I can understand why you guys like it, because it is well-written, but, like, I've seen... For you fucking I, scrubs who don't, don't know every Chris Claremont book. I mean, I have read Chris Claremont's entire run. I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I'm saying, for me, this just this just feels like, first of all, it's Claremont's tropes embodied... It's oh, uh, there's it, no BDSM. It's not a pure Claremont story. But it's at this time, like the, the BDSM has come until the '80s. Yeah, but like it's Claremont's uh, fetishes uh, uh, put into form. It's uh, Mary Sueism, and also this is also a filler story in the middle of a story I really like called the Brood Saga. Basically, you have a big sci-fi story where basically the X-Men fight a, a group of aliens. It's one of my favorite X-Men stories. And in the middle, you have a random Dracula story that has nothing to do with anything. It's, it's so, I can understand why you guys like it, but for me, the story is, is just... I, Sly, I feel like you disparage so many stories because they just come up in like the middle or at the end of your favorite runs. That's, that's not a valid point, because like, you guys are reading it just like, oh, as a part of this episode... Welcome to comics. <laughs> no, but I do understand where Sly's coming from. Yeah, no, like, I... Dad, imagine you're playing like uh, any fucking game, Mega Man, all of a sudden you start playing a puzzle game in the middle of it. Maybe it's a decent puzzle game, but you're like, I want to play Mega Man. Like, why you... Like, I can't say you guys are wrong, because you guys obviously are wrong to my opinion, but I, I don't fault you for liking it, but I'm just saying for my, my thing, it just feels like nails on a chalkboard reading this again. I do remember when I read this in context, like when I was reading through Claremont's run in order, this issue did stand out as bizarre and out of place, and I liked it a lot more reading it here than in context. Yeah, it works better as a standalone. Yeah. Seriously, I, I'm yeah. I'm cool with Dracula too submitting the storm because of her power. Because I think well, are you storm... finding Doctor Doom and Loki doing that too? Because they did that too. Oh well, I'd have to read and see it in context. Okay. Because yeah. Dracula, like, even though he's evil, he's he's such he, he's such like a romantic <laughs> kind of like in a weird perverse kind of way. Yeah, so that's why I said it's fine. You guys like it because standalone. I think the writing is good. Like you said, the character work is solid, and uh, standalone is just a story like a very. Basically, it's a story of Bram Stoker's Dracula, except a storm instead of Mina, whatever her name is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Mina. I think that was it. Yeah. All right. So basically, all it's the only thing that happens there is like Kitty giving her the ultimatum. Like Aurora's love of Kitty overwhelmed like Dracula's mind control. Yeah. Yeah, and then they then they have a happy time after, and they're like, "She must be cured because she's flying into the sun." I also want to point out I really like the scene where they see they're both crying, and Kitty's like. Hey, what do you think the guys will think seeing all of us baller has like a couple of, of sillies and Aurora's just like, please, kitten, I do not care. And I really like that scene where they're, they're crying, like bawling at each other and they're, and they're like worried about being looking like, like idiots in front of the men. But they're like, I don't care. Like, we love yeah. each other. That's what I mean. That's what I mean about Claremont. Like, yeah, he might marry Sue Sue. So it's Mary Sue Storm sometimes. Sue Storm. <laughs> Sue Storm. <laughs> but he gets married to Sue Storm every day. It's just so like she's such a good character she is and like and, and kitty the young one especially at the time kitty the is like the one who's like a, like worried about what people are gonna think and she's like i don't give a shit yeah i, yeah. Like, I like that moment a lot um and then morgan mctaggart calls to continue the story arc dracula's gone guys time to talk about professor x okay. talking about the alien story that's, in, that's interrupted <laughs> so um even if maybe the x-men feel a little bit appropriate but do you know what doesn't feel appropriate door yeah <sighs> we touched on it a little this was one that just the premise, I was like, how does that work? 
Uh, we do have to bring up, uh, we, we hash a little a bit of what we brought up in the Dora Croaks episode, in that Dora was originally a power fantasy, like, like Clark Kent, like Captain Marvel, where it was basically about this weak doctor who uh, bangs his staff on the ground and becomes Thor. Bangs and, his staff. Yeah. <laughs> his poor secretary and nurses. Did I ever tell you about that Greek curse guy who hits his dick on rock? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I become Thor every night, but... Um, <laughs> so, but... Um, Basically, until uh, Walt Simonson and his run, uh, where he turns thrown into a frog, the character wasn't so solidly, uh, you know, Asgardian doing Asgardian stuff. Like he was between like Earth shenanigans, worrying about being a doctor and stuff. And, between uh, jobs. Yeah. yeah. And well, it was it always even though I love Jack Kirby's run, it still comes off kind of like weird, and yeah. like it's really hard to explain a lot. And this is actually just. F- three or four issues before Simonson gets rid of Don Blake completely. Yeah. And so like, this oh, is that soon. Yeah. So oh, this wow. is like, right. It's not right before frog Thor. Cause that's towards the end of his run, but it is very, it's very close before the, the like big relaunch. And, and then like in the Thor Crooks issue uh, episode, Ryan mentioned like for like 10 years, no one gave a shit about uh, Thor comics and this is part of era. And you can see why no yeah. one gave a shit about the story. I was just about to say, can we just skip like the first half of this comic? Like, Probably. Dracula doesn't show up for half of it. Oh, just real quick. Creative team, there are literally two people I've never heard of, and that happens so infrequently on this show. Yeah, like, we talked about that in the DC vs. Discrimination episode. Like, when it comes to a name, neither me or Ryan does, don't know. That's saying a lot. Yeah, so who is this? Me don't know. Alan Salentz. And Don Perlin is the penciler. Yeah, so I have no idea who these people are. So, so stuff that... Uh, you can you can just quickly explain... The stuff that Phil doesn't want to give a, a shit about is uh, Thor's secret identity is being framed for murder. It's not even a secret identity because when he's in Don Blake form, he's like a different person. He speaks completely differently. I don't get. Yeah, I don't get it. We could do a whole episode on Don Blake. Yeah, no one gets it really. But um, <laughs> but it's this really long, like super in depth scene. Like this, it there really is a lot of lore and plot about this about Don Blake liking this girl who then. It's Jane Foster, uh, Natalie Portman from the movies. Yeah. But instead of a scientist, she's a nurse. Yeah. Yeah, then he He bangs his staff. (laughs) He took her to Asgard, and his dad wasn't impressed with her and teleported her back home. And then she was sick. And then his Thor's lover went into her body, and then they went up to Asgard. All this stuff happened, like, over a decade before this book came out. I don't know why they go into such detail about it. I don't know who gives a shit or even know about the stuff. I, I love that story. But it was whatever. one of those instances where I was reading it, and I, I could understand why you just put like a little footnote at the bottom where you're like, oh, this happened here. Because when they're trying to explain it, it comes off across so comic-y where you're like, what? Like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? And there's the, yeah. some staff that come Tharn. Yeah, basically what happened was, um, if you watch the Thor movies, the, one, of, one member of Thor's Asgard gang, the, the girl, <laughs> uh, Lady Sif... In, Thor, in the comics, she's Thor's love interest. She's more of a love interest than uh, Natalie Portman, Jane Foster. But what happened was uh, Natalie Portman, Jane Foster was dying, and Lady Sif merged with her. And then, but now Lady Sif became an actual character again, and now uh, Natalie Portman, Jane Foster disappeared. And became very a staff or something. It's like so yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah, it's really weird. Well, I merge with this human woman, and we become a staff, and then she gets transported. The staff is great too because it looks like a. Uh... Uh, like a Thundercats toy that's just <laughs> tacked onto its head <laughs> or the, the tip of it. It's so goofy yeah. looking. So, like, the first, like, ten pages are all just and, about... And he's being framed for murder. 
Yeah, because she disappeared, and he can't explain. She disappeared because she's actually a staff guy. Uh, and the person frame, like the person that's pushing the loss, the 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 case against him is his alternate human self. This is what alternate human self or something like this other guy that she was made to fall in love with. Who oh yes, it? yes, because it looks oh, just like him. Don Blake is based off of actually human, and she's he's when they wanted to write <laughs> Natalie Portman Jane Foster out of comics, she had they had her marry. This this guy instead. This is why Dwarf sucked. This is why Dwarf sucked. Like we admit this sucked. We're not saying this is uh, great writing, guys. Yeah, like as a as a fan of the era they're referencing, it is like something I can't recommend to anyone. I just can't. So it was like reading the first ten pages, and they're giving you all this stuff, and you're like, Dracula? <laughs> like where are yeah, you? Yeah, I was like, Sly, did you send us the wrong comics to read? <laughs> His story even goes around. He investigates. He talks to a janitor about where she could have gone. Yeah. He talks to uh, someone inside the hospital. He talks a to someone. with a Transylvania accent, by the way. Yeah, yeah I remember it. A long staff of a lion's head. To tell the truth, it would it would big, give me a big reward. I guess it's supposed to be a uh, red herring to this guy's Dracula. Okay, anyway, I hate this shit. Let's just <laughs> anyway, it, it, it just randomly cuts to... Um, uh, typical Dracula stuff where you have a bunch of worshippers of his uh, chanting and trying to bring him back to life. Chanting out, Emoreth, Dracula, Vivolibus, Dracula, Dracula, Dracula. And then he just rises up and he's like, hey, what's Rise up? Rise from your grave. Yep. Yep. And he's like, oh man, I am thirsty. I will be right back. So he flies away. <laughs> I am I am parched, guys. He flies away. Thor meets with Sif on a rooftop. And Dracula sees them, and he's like, oh, there's, like, I sense some power in them there, because they're gods. Oh, my God. Or demigods. And then we get the scene, and this is, I felt like this was one of the saddest moments I've read. (laughs) Are these the, is this when, like, Archie and his friends show up? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's like this this yearbook club gang, and there's this nerd next to this guy with, like, a varsity letter jacket on, and they're, they're, like, friends. So I'm like, oh, I thought this was going to be, like, typical like just generic high school stuff where it's like this guy's picking on her but they all seem like pretty good friends and then as they're walking home two of them see each other later and it's like two couples and a nerd and then three of them get bitten by dracula and turned into vampires like they're like all these like it's just like look at these fun nice kids nobody's being mean and then dracula's (laughs) just like fuck you guys yeah you you could have just showed like people just getting attacked by dracula it was weird to personify them Especially in such a way where it wasn't, like, generic, where it made you hate the victims. Where you're like, okay, these are just regular people. I like I like that, though. That's It's cool, because you're like, Dracula's an asshole. I like it, but it's just, like, sad. Yeah, it's needlessly, it's needlessly sad in a comic where Thor was explaining what happened to him for ten pages. It, it is out of place in this story, because the story is so silly. <laughs> yeah. And this, part is, this part is the darkest Dracula stuff I've read so far from Marvel, and I've read several issues at this point. And it's weird to have this one be darker than the actual Tomb of Dragon. Yeah, story. that's true, that's true. So they go to the corner, and he's like, oh, look, all these people... Who goes to the corner? <laughs> Everybody, apparently. This guy, the guy that's in charge of handling Don Blake's murder case. Yeah, and, and Don Blake, and the guy who looks like Don Blake, and which one of the people... <laughs> oh my god, this storyline made me want to kill myself. Like, I, I really hated this. <laughs> What's great is, Don Blake shows up, because he's like, I, I want to check this out. And this guy's just, like, sassy, and he's like, oh wow, what a surprise seeing you here. Yeah, fancy bumping into you here. Yeah, the, the guy who was, suspect- he was, like, was like accusing him, he's just like, oh, of course you're gonna go see who a uh, vampire victim, you piece of shit, you fucking murderer well he does act very suspicious though he's constantly just like 
Uh, I gotta go, guys. Uh, cancel all my appointments. Uh, 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 w- uh, okay, bye. Like, he acts yeah. like he just murdered someone. And one thing I like is uh, the, the police chief is like, uh, I wish Dora was here to help us with the murder case. And Don Blake's like, Dora, you say? He runs out, so like, I gotta go get something. And he comes back at Dora. Yeah, well, I wanted to bring that up. How I, I love that stupid thing of where you hate the person, but their alter ego is what you love. Yeah. Because Thor shows up, and this guy's like yeah. elated. He's like, speak of the superhero. Yeah. And they work together. He's trying to give him details on the case. He's like, I'll show up there. And they're so buddy-buddy. But that's something that comics, like, give up in, like, 1968 because it's dumb. Like, yeah, having like, it in yeah. 1983 is insane. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. It's, it's really dumb, but I love that it was just wedged in this story. That's why so, I don't, like, I know Phil hates this comic. I, 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 part of me kind of loves it because it's so stupid. <laughs> like, it's definitely not good, but it's so stupid that it's hilarious to me. Yeah. It's just, it's too long to be so stupid. Like, yeah, it's fair. It's really fair. I, I felt like, thi- I felt like this went on, this went quicker than the X-Men one. You, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> I like how, I like how Daryl has an opinion different than Phil, and Phil's never like, I disagree. I respect disagree. He's like, you're a fucking liar. Yeah, I just fucking, I can't believe you're telling the truth. Like, it just doesn't make sense. When I first read Simonson's Thor, I was like almost off put because in his first issue, Thor just basically shows up and he's like, looks like Don Blake's dead forever. Never going to think about Jane Foster again. <laughs> and in like a, in like two pages for no reason, he gives up everything. And now I get why everyone loves it so much because this is what he's walking onto. Of course he's like, that's all dumb. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> like even like the way they recap the 60s stuff. It's so jarring and ridiculous and confusing that, like, I'm so glad that he doesn't pretend to give a shit. He's just like, that's dumb. Now it's just Thor. So we, uh, Thor's like, hey, I'll, I'll investigate these mysterious murders. Me, the guy off Thunder, will help investigate these murder cases. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what's weird, too. It's, it's like, is like Thor, does he help with cases like Batman or like this guy? Is this his Jim Gordon? Yeah, this is what I mean back then. They couldn't really tell what constitutes a Thor story. Like, what was he fight? Like, what, you know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't even know Thor was, like, friends with people. They were like, hey, Thor, we gave you the key to the city. Like, you're such a great person. <laughs> I thought he just kind of showed up to wreck. God. But I didn't read any Thor, so. Especially not this Thor. Anyway, we cut back to Dracula, who's curiously sleeping in an open lid coffin over a glass roof. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> he some, he, you, know, you know how people have a... Uh, Tanning, he's you know he's moon tanning, like in the like in the Adams family. You better make sure to close it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like if I don't close this in six hours, I'm dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I hope I don't accidentally fall asleep. Otherwise, I'm gonna die with my with my eyes closed in bed. <laughs> it's like going to sleep with like a bucket of lava above your head, slowly tilting. And you're like, I'm just gonna take a quick nap. Like, hold on, I gotta just sit on Facebook for a little bit longer. Yeah. Well, they did it to purposely, like, light it to show you, to give lighting to the scene, but it's just so silly. And I love, I love that he is, he's, like, sitting there and laying there, and I guess he's really not about to fall asleep, because somebody interrupts him, and he just starts screaming at them immediately. He goes, perdition's unholy blaze! Who dares disturb the Prince of Darkness? So, so he was having a wet dream about Sif, <laughs> and he yeah. he really likes her and her alluring beauty because, of course, it's Dracula, so he needs a woman to bite. And yeah. then, for some reason, Don Blake is banging Sif. I I was weirded out by this too because I'm like, if they're different people, why? Like, <laughs> did Thor sleep with her and then he? He cheated on him. Thor's a cuckold. I don't get it. I don't get no it. idea. It's so. And I've read more Thor than anybody I know, and it is still bizarre. Because she knows that they're both the same person too. I think. 
Yeah. Whatever. Just continue. Also, Don Blake becomes... Doesn't he become, like, actual separate from Thor later on? Yeah, and later on, in a book we're definitely going to do, someone kills him and cuts his head off and makes his sentient head watch uh, them (laughs) fuck Don Blake's body without a head. It's pretty great. Whoa. Wow. Did Mark Millar write that? And and Don Blake's head is just like, why are you doing this? And it's just like, you like it, right? You like when I fuck your headless body? Thanks. Thanks, Matt Fraction. Way to go. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So in, I love Thor. So uh, Thor is trying to figure out where this uh, Thundercats toy went. Thor is a very bad detective. So he's like, "Oh, I need to go see Doctor Strange because he's a mystic." And he's like, "Oh, wait a second. Let me turn to Thor because uh, there's people he meets at the hospital. He meets uh, the Jim Gordon guy there. Yeah. And he's like, oh, those corpses rose up out of the the." the the coroner's room and they've he thor finds them like uh one of them attacking a woman and of course he notices it's a vampire throws his hammer at it but the 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 vampire is quick enough to be able to dodge it but it was caught off guard because the hammer always returns to him and it it kills him it's just a religious role like it kills vampires right away oh that's actually pretty cool that's okay yeah Yeah, that's that's actually i didn't think realize i didn't either that's a really cool idea can I just, can I just say one quick thing? How weird it is to use a religious relic, a believing. He's, they say he's a strong believer. It's like of himself though. Like he's the god. <laughs> like it's like I believe in me. <laughs> is it one of Thor's big weaknesses? Like his arrogance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Take that, Phil. Sorry, Continuity sorry, cop, Phil. Sorry, over here. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Do you think Jesus couldn't fight Dracula? Yeah. yeah so <laughs> do you think Jesus couldn't fight Dracula? You fucking asshole. <laughs> You're right. Shit. Anyway, the the three kids rise up from the grave, and then Thor shows up, and he just bashes them all with the hammer flying around. Well, just to clarify, one one of them got out of the corner, and uh, and three of them were buried, and the three uh, now rose from the grave, rise from your grave. No, what's what's really weird is the story is like we see the three kids get killed, and one guy got killed off screen, yeah. and that's the one guy that they they find biting the woman. But it's yeah. just weird to bring up. It's like, why couldn't you just make it for whatever? My favorite thing is this guy that's walking around the grave that like sees them wake up. They 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 crawl out of the ground and grab his uh, his leg, and he falls, and he thinks to himself, "What a time to take a dive!" Like it's not <laughs> it's not like a coincidence. They grabbed you and you fell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite thing is that he had past history with Thor because yeah. he. Oh yeah, that's so stupid. Yeah, he brings up it's like oh, well, I last helped the Crusader, and I'm all sorry about that. Oh jeez. It's like bygones be bygones, friend. It's like phew, thanks Thor. But before that, you have to explain how Thor dispatches these guys. Like they try to fly away as bats, and like he like just like Blade, he grabs onto their bat wings, and he's like he's like he's holding them one hand, he's getting his hammer to basically smack with the hammer of the other hand. Like it's pretty brutal actually. There's like a scene where he's yeah. like spack spack. He must be like actually holding the bat down and like hammering and smashing it smashing its brains in it's yeah. pretty awesome this fight's actually pretty cool and like it's it, he makes it pour on them so like there's a lot of cool rain effects the art's actually pretty good in this story okay so the issue ends with uh Sif sleeping in bed the moon is full this night and bathed in its glow an immortal goddess sleeps her dark locks splashing the pillow and her white skin glistening like ivory. White skin again. We have the foreigner coming in to yep, take the with white, the white girls. Yeah. Her dreams are passionate this night and full of longing. For it seems forever since her prince last crushed her in his arms crushed and swore her. and swore away all else but his undying love. And she's like, mm, Thor. And then Dracula's tapping at the window, <laughs> and she says, "Enter," because she thinks like it's Thor. She's dreaming it's Thor. 
She's like, yeah. oh, come in, Thor. And he's like, that could be my name. <laughs> and he comes inside. No, she just says my prince. Yeah, I know. It's just silly. But, like, it's sleep-talking invitation. I feel like that's, like... I that's would take loose. that up with, like, whoever that's runs That's not the... consent. Yeah. <laughs> I would take that up with the vampire committee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he just eats yeah. the shit out of her neck. Yep, he bites her. He's like, my ravishing goddess, now you are mine. No, you have to do the voice, Daryl. My ravishing goddess, <laughs> now you are mine. Yes. Blah. But, uh, and Phil was wondering, how can Thor, uh, how can Dracula face up against Thor? That's because now he has god blood in his veins. I actually liked that they actually had some kind of explanation. I, I, I think yeah. this was the dumbest plot stuff ever, because it does some stuff, but not other stuff, and it's all whatever works for the plot. Yeah. Because he, he drains Sif's blood, and it gives her amnesia, and he's like, wow, this must be effect of the goddess blood. Also, Sif is a great character, and she deserves way better than all the fucking sh- she also gets fangs, and he's like, that's not supposed to happen until you die for three days, and it must be the goddess blood. It's yeah, just, it's, it's really it's, hand-wavy bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's pretty much just magic. Well, it's magic. So now, part two, Thor 333. A Dracula's Command is the cover image. Yeah, yeah and it's Dracula commanding <laughs> Sif to attack Thor on the cover. She has amnesia, and she's like, who are you? And he's like, remember, I'm your prince, and you're my bride. And she's like, oh yeah. Why does she have amnesia? Because of the bite? Her blood. Because god blood. Does that give you amnesia? If you get it drained out of you into Dracula. It, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. The god blood is my government of the story. We have an explanation. You say, well, why is this happening? Because god blood. blood. Yeah. yeah. He basically says to Sif, come with me, my love. The night skies beckon and they all, they fly away together. And then we have Thor talking to Doctor Strange. <laughs> and this, this is when I realized, like, I was always confused when I was younger when people talked about Doctor Strange being, like, one of the strong, strongest Marvel characters. Yeah. Because I was like, how could he beat Iron Man? Iron Man's in, like, a mech suit. It's really cool. <laughs> and I realized through this that, like, the magic in the Marvel Universe can just do whatever it wants. Yeah. It doesn't need explanations. The, the magic in... and uh, That's why I actually love Doctor Strange, because, like, the magic is so over the top. Like, it was, was actually... I was actually reading a discussion... On Doctor Strange recently, and they were saying, I read the 60s Doctor Strange comic, it was so stupid. They cast a spell of vanishing, and it's such a powerful vanishing spell that only does it vanish the person, vanishes the spell itself, so it was never cast, you could never cast it again. <laughs> it's so stupid, and I'm like, that's fucking awesome. That's so that cool. That is fucking awesome. I think that's yeah. so cool. No, it is cool. And he's, like, he's basically a, little, a level 20 wizard hanging out with these superheroes, and he could just yeah. be like, I remove you from existence, or like, like even in the. Even in Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the game, he was so overpowered because he could turn any enemy into a, mo- a box of money. And you break them open and get the money. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's not ethical. <laughs> but it's like, it's so overpowered because he's like, I have a spell for that. Yeah. So he, he mind probes, with Thor's consent, he mind probes Thor and he finds out that he's also Don Blake. And he's like, hey, do you want me to forget this? I can use this spell of forgetfulness on myself. And Thor's <laughs> like, no, it's okay. It's okay, I trust you. And he's basically, he, he's just trying to find... They go up and see this orb of Agamotto. <laughs> it's like a crystal ball, basically. To probe into Sif's mind to locate where this extremely stupid-looking staff is. I, <laughs> I, love, I love the picture of it laughing in the but orb. Just, just explain the scene. Like They, they, they have the orb, then they zoom in the orb, and uh, Lady Sif appears. Then, then he starts showing her brain. 
Yeah, her face is melting away to show her brain. And then it shows her brain, and then it shows a staff hovering over her brain. I'm like, like, a, like a lollipop. Yeah. Yeah, except it's a lion's <sighs> face, like a lion man's face, and he's just having a good time. This is definitely going to be the episode picture on our Facebook page of this fucking stupid toy. <laughs> it looks like he was told that stupid muffin joke and like <laughs> Yeah. And I love, too, how he's Dr. Strange is so powerful that by probing his mind and seeing Sif and the staff... He can then probe Sif's mind and find the staff wherever it is. Yeah. Like, his his power is so strong. He's, like, ultimate yeah. cerebro. And the only reason why uh, Doctor Strange never just solves everyone's problems because he's always like, I'm too busy, like, saving the world in another dimension. Spider-Man will go to him and be like, can you help it? And he'll be like, no, fuck you. I'm, fight- I'm fighting Cthulhu or something. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> and then Doctor Strange is just like, by the way, it's Dracula also. Yeah. yeah, he explains, it's like, oh, this is bad. Uh, she's been touched by a vampire, Dracula, the vampire lord. Yep. And so Thor's like, well, I have to go rescue her. So he throws his hammer and flies with it. He throws his hammer away, and he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) And then he's like, I have to return to my apartment as Don (laughs) Blake. This is so, so so stupid. But he says, like, she's in danger. I have to check to make sure Doctor Strange wasn't just full of shit. I'll, even though this is super urgent, I'll land on the roof, turn into limpy Don Blake, and then walk downstairs and get into the And cancel my appointments. Yeah, he talks to this lady and she's like, I'm not, I'm a new... Yeah, why? I'm a new secretary. Why does this, why? Fuck, why? Fuck this whole... Loretta Parameter. Yeah. Uh, it's Parameter. Yeah. P-A-R-M. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just three frames. It's dumb. And then you get Dracula expositioning away some more weird stuff. He's getting excited to fuck her. Blood seems to enhance my own renewed vitality. What a bride of darkness. He mentions that Storm, that she's even better than Storm. Yeah. You just been my last ex. He's like, fuck you, fuck you, Chris Claremont. Yeah, fuck you. You're, you're, Lady Sif is a real hot shit. Fuck you. And then on the next page, it's my favorite panel <laughs> I've ever seen. It's Dracula and what looks like just like blue, almost bell bottoms and just a white shirt and normal shoes with this elaborate cape on. And he's, the the frame is so small, he has to crouch down to waist level. And he's like, he's holding his hands up and just yelling. Talks about Dracula ha- commanding presence and being so like theatrical, but like enjoyable and powerful in the X Men comic. <laughs> and here he just looks like some pathetic guy in an apartment. And yeah, he's in an apartment and sits on the couch. Like, and he, yeah. and he picks this up the couch story. and he's like, "Look how strong I am!" Like, with the couch with you on it. Like, <laughs> what's he, even better is his like cult follower comes with a, a wrapped present. He's bright green. <laughs> he's a bright green cult follower. <laughs> And he's like, hey, got a present for you. Got a package. UPS. <laughs> and, and Dracula's like, give me the box. Now fuck off. Uh, miss, a package for Mr. Uh, v. Dracul. <laughs> <laughs> and the D on it storms the scarf D. Oh, my God. Uh, so he gives her the present. It's a dress. And he's like, hey, let's go to the office. It's a dress that looks just like the dress she's already wearing. No, it's... It's, instead of light green, it's dark green. She was in a nightgown. Yeah. It looks the same. That's, that's not the kind of dress you wear outside. Brian wears his pajamas outside. <laughs> I guess. Uh, then we move on. He goes back to, Thor goes back to the police and he's like, hey, uh, I need information. And he's like, how about you check out this apartment? And then Thor finds that cultist who is delivering UPS. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we looked up in the phone book V Dracul and he's right over there. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Hey cultist, tell me where Dracula is and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about and he's like and he slams the ground yeah. which throws him up into the air. No, he opens and... a pit in like the in an alleyway in yeah. New York City. Like that's yeah. a bit you can't just do that. <laughs> 
and this is my favorite. This is my favorite part of the comic, actually, where he tells him he's at the opera, and, he, and Thor flies away, and he walks away, going, <laughs> "Satan, forgive me. What have I done?" And he wa- he walks into the cultist room, and he's like, "Guys, I betrayed Dracula!" And he just stabs himself and goes, "There can be no mercy." <laughs> and yeah. starts he commits suicide, and everyone <laughs> runs to the altar and starts chanting, "In nomine Arturium Infernonium." <laughs> it's ironic because this is du- this is the dumbest out of the, the three stories, but it's the darkest too. Yeah, the frame the frame where he's stabbing himself, the background is all red, and the guy stabbing himself is just silhouetted in black, like it's real dramatic. Yeah. I love that everyone's not like they're not surprised at seeing this; they're just like, "Oh, we gotta do something." Yeah, <laughs> the oh seppuku was expected. I love too the I actually like that he has cultists because it just it, that reminds me again of. Castlevania, where, like, you know, it was not by my hand, I was given flesh, I was called yep. here by humans who wish to, pay, wish me to pay me tribute. What is a man? A miserable mill of pile of secrets. <laughs> yeah, what is exactly. a comic? A miserable pile of panels. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps the same could be said of all comics. <laughs> so, they're at the opera, and I like that Dracula's actually like, hey, I like, let me tell you about opera. I li- I, the first time I saw this, I liked it. Yeah, he, he's like, I saw the original, I saw the original, you know, whatever. I'm old. Yeah, in 1895 yeah. or something. <laughs> so then uh, Thor shows up. He and... walks in the front door and starts yeah. just yelling, Dracula, where are you? Fuck my, you. My second favorite panel is he does the same, like, Dracula exasperated pose. And he's just in the middle of an aisle, <laughs> in the middle of an opera, yelling, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, Thor of Asgard has come for his so goddess. He's just... He's just destroying New York streets and then ruining the opera. <laughs> I like it fits Thor though. He's like, he just literally kicks it around. And he's like Dracula, come fight me! One v one! And and as soon as he sees him, he jumps on him. He's like, fight me! And one thing I find one reason why I do, do find this book entertaining is because Thor and everyone still talk like Thor characters. Yeah. So my lady Siv is like, what is this, my love? Whose features seem so familiar? Why does he assail thee? Like everyone is like, thou and thee, and it's, and, and it's Dracula. Like I am Dracula. Yes. I, I like. I, I, I do. This fight's pretty cool too. Yeah. 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 So Dracula and Thor begin fighting, and Thor just jumps into Dracula, and it's like, ha ha! I can fly away. I am undefeatable. Yeah. <laughs> and he destroys the fucking opera house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he throws the hammer at Dracula. Dracula dodges it, and the hammer breaks the roof of the opera house. So when it comes caving down, Thor has to hold it above, like to protect the civilians. And from he, it. he's annoyed. Yeah. He's like, get out of the way, assholes! I gotta go fight Dracula. Yeah. I'm. I'm did you see I'm wrecking your fucking opera house? And then on the roof. Thor's like, uh, guess what? I'm the god of thunder. Time to thunder you. And Dracula's like, but it was established in the X-Men comic. I command storms. Yeah, I control storms. It's actually cool. The the narration is, for the moment, as they're both trying to summon down the storm to strike each other with lightning. For the moment of a heartbeat, the storm ceases, as though pondering which master to obey. And then raw elements renew their fury, obeying both, but striking neither. And yeah. so just rains pouring down upon them as they start fighting. I can't believe Dracula controls weather as well as the God of Thunder. <laughs> it is pretty fucked up, but he has God blood now, too, from Asgard, yeah. so... You can What's be, like, great about this fight is, like, Dracula... Whereas, like, with the X-Men, he seemed formidable. He was, like, doing a lot of things to thwart them. Here, it's kind of just him trying to get away from Thor because Thor is so good at melee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he cannot fight him. So Thor runs over to grab him. Dracula turns into mist. Thor comes down to get him at, like, a street level, and Dracula's like, have some rats from the sewer. <laughs> so many yeah. rats. Like, all the rats of New York City pile on top of These Thor. These are the rats that he eventually conquers as a frog. You know, I was gonna yeah. say that. He, this is the second issue now we've read where Thor is killing rats. So. <laughs> Thor hates rats. Like, yeah, he must. So Thor throws off these rats, and then Dracula's like, uh... He... he, he 
keep smack-talking him. You are blind, Thor. The Prince of Darkness beclouds all radiance with his aura of evil. Do you not see that Dracula triumphs? And he's just standing there. And Thor's throwing his hammer at him, and Dracula's turning into mist. And then he uses that opportunity when Dracula turns into mist, since that's what Dracula's action for that round. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it makes sense. You're using concentration to be mist, so he's not using concentration to control thunder. So Thor's like, got him. Yeah. Yeah, he strikes him, and it ruins his shirt. (laughs) <laughs> and then he goes to pretty much like crush Dracula with his hammer and he disappears because his cultists have summoned him back. And then Doctor Strange's face appears in a goofy bubble. Yeah. And he basically says like uh don't worry about Thor. We- no, he says he- members of a Chicago Dracula cult have transported him to New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a Chicago cult. Too lady to rest. <laughs> yeah. And he explains like uh, his the goddess's blood in him has been rejected, just like how uh, Dracula's blood in Sif is now rejected. And my favorite part how this ends is Doctor Strange says, "I'll go fight Dracula," which I'm like, "Oh, poor Dracula! <laughs> like, what is he gonna do? Send rats after him?" Yeah. yeah. Send Sif and Thor reunite. She's like, "Ha ha!" Okay. I- Fuck you guys, because the nightgown she wore had this pattern all over it, and then he changed her into a solid green dress, and even the artist mixes them up, <laughs> because she has the nightgown pattern, and now, and then in the next page, it's solid green. Oh, yeah, you're right. So Just because just the artist, the artist last time mixed up black people in, uh... Yeah, so Ryan's saying all black people are the same. Ryan's yeah, fucking right. racist. No, just the I'm, artist saying, mixed it up. I'm saying they do look the same. I'm talking about the dress, not the black people. <laughs> <laughs> racist Ryan over Jesus, here. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> I've taken Sly's mantle. Psychopath Sly, yep. racist Ryan. Racist Ryan, fascist Phil, uh, psychopath Sly, we need something for Daryl. Dickhead Daryl. Uh, Dumb Daryl. Dickface Daryl. Yeah, Dickface Daryl. No! My bad. <laughs> okay, so so Sif is here, and she's like, don't worry, I'm not a vampire. The end. The end. Yeah, and yeah. they fly away to do their next adventure. <laughs> find the staff Asgard. for real now. Yeah. Yeah, the Jeez. end. So Dracula was just kind of like thrown in that story because they're like, we need something to bookend the text of what Thor's next adventure is going to be. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, so, uh, page. which one was your guy's favorite? The X-Men, X-Men one. X-Men one for everyone? Um, Out of the three, it's hard because it's like, I kind of had fun with the Thor one, but if like if we were to recommend anything, the X-Men one is probably the obvious pick. That That one felt the most like a complete story. The Thor one would have been so much better for me if it didn't have all the shitty Don Blake stuff. Yeah, that's welcome to like seventies Thor. My favorite it might be the Blade one. Fuck you! <laughs> oh man, that's my least favorite. I know it might be just because uh, I like I read the other issues and I like the one surrounding it better. I, I was a standalone. I I guess that's the worst out of the ten I've read, the twelve I've read. Uh, but like, uh, my context for Blade helps it, whereas my context for X Men hurts it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only, the only one, I just, I liked the Blade one fine. I just, like, liked the X-Men one a lot more. Yeah. The Blade one, and actually, like, most of these comics, how I personally feel about it, is that they, they're not, they're they're just kind of there. Like, they're not offensive enough to be like, this is bad, and, like, I feel bad having read it. But I also wasn't into the stories. So you, do do you, or do you not regret reading this, uh, Daryl? So I regret it in a way that's not like where I'm like, this was bad. It's just like, I kind of wish I read just better stories instead. How about you, Phil? I regret it all then except the X-Men one. <laughs> like, it's kind of middle of the road, I would say, for me. Where It, it was just like so yeah, kind of bland. It, it's like I wish I did my I spent my time doing something else, but 
the X-Men one, I enjoyed enough to be like... I, I like to see the X-Men do stuff, even if they're fighting Dracula. For me, I, w- I would have rather read a better X-Men story. The Tomb of Dracula one, I was pretty like... Uh, that was kind of... I felt like it was kind of just going through the motions and wasting my time a little bit. But the other ones, I enjoyed. The Thor one, I enjoyed. Ironically, the X-Men one, I liked. But I've also read the X-Men one before, so... What about you, Sly? Uh, I will admit that you guys uh, flipped me a little bit on the X-Men one. As you're reading I'm gonna it, flip you off. Yeah, <laughs> I I am flipping you off. I was gonna say it's the worst one, but uh, you pointed out the character stuff and the stuff that really works really well. And just because I haven't uh, the the, Thor, the storm fetishism bugs me, I can't just say the book sucks, even though it's well written. Well, it's else. like I, when you read Claremont relative to other Bronze Age art writers, like that might not be the best Claremont issue, even that came out in you know that whole. It might be the worst Claremont issue from the that like the thirty issues surrounding it. Yeah, but it's still way better than most things at the time. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. So for me, uh, Thor is the worst one, and uh, I, w- I would say Blade and X Men kind of ties for me. Hmm. Okay, oh, a lot of different opinions on these. There's a divisive issue, you know, what we're talking about. Yeah, this this was a divisive issue, and that's why I I, I, I picked these ones because like it's not clear uh, they're absolutely terrible, or it's not clear they're absolutely good. I think I thought they were interesting ones, just to, interesting, interesting to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> they would rather have they don't really establish. You rather have a nemesis over rain over yes. uh, this stuff. Uh, so uh, I think we can all vote Daryl to be the wrong one of this group. I I, I vote for that as well. Yeah. Every time you bring up nemesis, I just hate you more and more. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I think about nemesis, I kind of like it more and more. How do you bring a womb to collapse? Uh, <laughs> all right. So okay. So uh, real briefly. We don't have any questions, but Tracy sent a follow-up email to last week where she talked about, you know, we were talking about, like, gender politics and stuff, and she actually sent me a website called bookriot.com forward slash comics that talks a lot about, like, gender politics, and it used to be called panels, if anyone knew about that, and a lot of social justice stuff, basically, like, all the stuff we were talking about, you know, probably over the last, like, month, because it's been kind of a theme, but, uh... Yeah, it's there's a lot of cool stuff on there. So if you want to check that out, and somebody left us a five star review, and I don't remember who it was, so thanks. Sorry, it was you, wasn't it? It wasn't me. <laughs> One of your dummy accounts. Yeah, Barry Anderson. I love Ryan, and if, I love Don Blake. And as always, we are a proud member of the Comrade Radio Network. If I've been listening yeah. to Square Roots lately, which is another show on the network. They play Final Fantasy and make fun of each other and call each other pieces of shit just like us. So, and they also hate uh, Kingdom Hearts just like Daryl Just does. like Daryl, they oh, hate Kingdom Hearts. Oh, thank God. And, Thanks, guys, if you're listening. <laughs> so uh, you should check them there out. There needs to be more of us. Yeah, you should check them out. <laughs> more of us and less Brian's. Yeah. and uh, less, less Slides and Phil's too, right? Yeah. God. And most most people, actually. Sorry, yeah. Daryl. You're in the minority. I'm pro-nemesis and anti-Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> you're in the super minority there. <laughs> so, as as always, rate, review, subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that stuff. And we are also on the Comrade Radio Network. If you go to comraderadio.com slash divisiveissues, you could stream it there. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Also, Twitter and email, Gmail, all that stuff. So, recommendations? Yes. Who wants to go first? Phil? Uh... I was going to say, you know, like Bram Stoker's Dracula or Carmilla, but that's kind of boring. So I'll say Castlevania. Um, what's what's Daryl going to pick then? <laughs> Did I steal yours, Daryl? Nope. Okay. Castlevania is a really fun take on the whole Dracula mythos. Um, not, you know, the writing doesn't 
it's not about that. It's it's yeah. it's about you know going and killing Dracula who keeps getting resurrected by humans, and it's they're really just cool. really cool games with like a monster mash horror like undertone. Yeah, they're really fun. Where you get to fight like the mummy, Frankenstein's monster, Medusa. What about you, Daryl? Me? Yeah. I I was going to recommend Castlevania when I first read these because I'm like it it really is just like a great franchise and you can start with the classic Vanias like one or Super Four, or you could go with like the the Metroidvanias like Symphony of the Night or Aria of Sorrow are really good entry points, but I'm going to pick a game that's on Steam for one dollar called Vlad the Impaler and it's a text adventure where you basically, you're in Istanbul and you're trying to figure out the source of all these murders and it has a really, like, excellent horror undertone and has amazing art. It's not a great game. Like, there's a lot of problems with it, but it's one of those where it's like, if you just pay $1 to play it, like, I feel like it's really worth it. And if you want some more in-depth thoughts on it, if you go to the Minor Bits, which is the blog where I write games, you can find an entry on it. If you just type in Minor Bits Vlad into Google. How did I not know that you did yeah. this? How do you keep this secret from us? Because I, I didn't know when to bring this up. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> you. Say, I've kept a blog for like three years. What? what? <laughs> How can, I, this is crazy to me that you're what so secretive. About okay. I guess look at that. Now you guys know about it at the same time we do. But it was one of those things where I didn't know when to... I had been living this life for so long writing. <laughs> sly. Where I was like, I've lived this life for so long. <laughs> yeah, it's like, when do I reveal it? Daryl, it's not like a fucking sex dungeon. It's a yeah. blog. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just... I get weird about promoting my own stuff. We're not promoting. Just tell us. We're your friends. <laughs> yeah, we're not... I don't... We're not saying, like, how did you not mention it on the show? How did you not mention it in conversation? <laughs> I don't know. There was more shame than his blog than he is about his little nemesis. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. My recommendation is a Vertigo book from a couple years ago. It's called The New Dead Wardians. It's just a standalone trade. It's really fun. Basically, zombies show up, and the rich people don't want to get the zombie virus, so they allow vampires to turn them into vampires. And so they become, like immortal and it's the only way to beat this like zombie plague and it's just like it's set in like victorian england so it's just like class it's like a classist kind of uh like analysis it's really it's fun it's cool it's short read it it's good cool what about you sly uh, my recommendation is i was actually looking at a bunch of uh dracula films over the weekend to see which one i really want to recommend the one that I liked the most was uh, 19, from the 1950s called Horror of Dracula. Uh, if you uh, know Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, they played, uh, Christopher Lee played Saruman in Lord of the Rings. He played uh, the Count Dooku in Star, Star Wars. Uh, he, he was Dracula in the movie, and Peter Cushing uh, was Van Helsing. Peter Cushing was Malf Tarkin in, St- in Star Wars episode, episode 4. And uh, if, you're, if you're a fan of the book, I haven't read the book, but I'm assuming if you're a fan of the book, you'll probably really fucking hate it because it strays so far. From, it strays really far from the book, but I like it for many different reasons. Like one of the reasons I love it is because Christopher Lee plays more. He plays a suave Dracula at first, like when he show, when they when Harker and other characters first meet him. He's like, oh yes, I'm Dracula. Hello, but then uh, when he becomes Dracula mode, he's like a feral monster, and he's he's actually scary, which is something Dracula really is for me. Uh, Peter Cushing is my favorite fan of Helsing. Christopher is my favorite uh, Dracula, and I love it. Cool. Sounds cool. So, thank you guys for listening. We This has been Divisive Issues. I'm Garby. 
Oh, man. <laughs> I'm Linestaff. I'm Don Blake. I am Loretta Barameter. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in continuity. Podcasting Network.